Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I'm Andy Dawson. I'm Sam Delaney. And um, I've got a little bit of a cold this morning, Sam. I'm not feeling too good, but it'll be all right. You I'm a professional. Quite, you, you look and sound rough, mate. But Thanks, mate. But I'm a, I'm a podcasting professional. Well, yeah. I won't tell you who will, other than probably your kids, your yeah. mates, and random people in the street. Because in Sunderland, you say yeah. what's on your mind, don't you? It's not all like yeah, we do. It's not all right. reserved and uptight like here in London. No, we 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 speak from the heart. We some, say things some like stranger in in Asda just going, "What's the matter with you, mate? You look like yeah. a right fucking pile of shit." <laughs> like you don't Cheer even up, know. Mate. It. Might never happen. <laughs> oh, looks like it already has. <laughs> never mind, dickhead. But um, speaking of Sunderland, I've just been online booking me tickets for the match of the season. What's that? Which is the next round of the Czech Trade Trophy. Yeah. And it's Sunderland versus Newcastle under-21s. <gasps> oh. El Clasico. El Clasico, exactly, in the Czech Trade. El Clasico. Gives it added spice. <laughs> gives it added spice. Mm. So, yeah, I've just got me tickets for that. So that should be pretty wild. Yeah, that'll be pretty naughty, um, I imagine. Yeah, could be, could be. We've only opened two stands, though. I don't know why they're not expecting it to sell 48,000. They've only <laughs> they, opened well, two stands open for now. They extra on the night if things oh, get they, out of control. They'll be opening extra by 10 o'clock this morning, I think. Yeah. Surely. There's probably some... Is it at your place, yeah? It is. Mm. There'll probably be a few Mackhams outside there now in deck chairs with pat lunches <laughs> yeah. all wrapped up warm, and they're just like, I'm sitting here until the game. <laughs> I'm not yeah. moving. I'm, I'm got- here, ready for the checker trade. I've taught the kids I'm missing Christmas. If they want to see us, they've got to come down here to see us on Christmas Day. I've got my seat booked, but I can't guarantee somebody will be sitting in it when it opens. <laughs> so I'm going to be camping out here till the day. That's like, be good. Did, I, did I ever tell you about this sort of notorious, there's like a bloke at West Ham who I heard. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody hell, I definitely can't name this fella. <laughs> Who I heard was a bit of a, you know, he's a bit of a legend from back in the old days. And right. when we were playing Millwall a few years back, he was so convinced in his head. <laughs> there are certain West old school West Ham fans yeah. for whom Millwall are inside their brains the whole time. Like <laughs> everywhere they go, they see everything through the prism of what are Millwall up to? That's so that a mate of mine literally says, like, you'll be, you, you know, he'll be on the tube and they'll say there are there are delays today between, you know, in the old days, it'd be there are delays today between Upton Park and wherever, Tower Hill. Yeah. And he'll just tap his nose and wink and go to you, 
Millwall up to their old tricks again. <laughs> and it's almost like a catchphrase was Millwall up to their old tricks, which he would say about fucking anything. I mean, yeah. if I'd been with him this week on Brexit Day, on that, you know, when uh, Theresa May has decided to delay the vote um, over Brexit, <laughs> he would have definitely have been tapping his nose and winking and going, Millwall, up to their old tricks. <laughs> he imagines that Millwall, like some people imagine the Illuminati, are yeah. secretly behind everything that goes wrong. I've, I've heard in, someone... In a way, it treats them with immense respect because he thinks that they have this huge, powerful network. Yeah. I, I, you know, I've heard someone from Liverpool talk about the last train out of Manchester of an evening, which is about 11pm. I've yeah. heard them talk about it being cancelled occasionally by United fans. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Working exactly. within the real network. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, You never anyway, know, this, though, do this, you? You don't this, know. This bloke, uh, one, one of these blokes, not Millwall up to old tricks, but, you know, someone within his uh, social circle... Um, when we played Millwall a few years back, was so convinced that Millwall were definitely going to come to the ground bef- the day before or in the build-up to the fixture <laughs> and try to destroy or deface the statue that sat on the Barking Road of Bobby Moore, Jeff Hurst, <laughs> and Mike Peters listing the World Cup, right? Yeah. And it wasn't like maybe they will. It was like, obviously, this is what Millwall are planning. Yeah. So he went down... And just stood with his arms crossed. This man's cr- he's not young, right? He's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's an older fella. And he, st- he went down there the night before. We were playing Millwall, not even an afternoon game. Well, maybe it was, say, Saturday on at three o'clock. He was yeah. there on Friday night, right? All yeah. night, stood with his arms folded, right? Ready. Staring straight ahead in front of the Bobby Moore statue on Barking Road, waiting for Millwall. And it, you, you couldn't, no one could win the argument with him because you go, well, did Millwall come down? He's going, no, of course they didn't because they would have seen me there. Two two things, two questions arise from that, Sam. Mm. First one, did he also have a deck chair and sandwiches like the Sunderland fans? No, he, he stayed standing he and I don't think he had any snacks. He must and have I'm been guessing, fucking famished. Se- second question, I'm guessing that he was standing in front of Bobby Moore and Bobby Moore is facing outwards yeah. from his eye line and yeah. I guess he was just underneath also facing the same direction. Yeah. What would have stopped the Millwall fans from a rear attack? Yeah, well, precisely. And I mean, I don't know. Obviously, I didn't observe him. Someone should have set up a cam. You know, like you get like those cameras set up in the Serengeti or to look at polar bears live. Yeah, or Abbey Road. Maybe he he, he occasionally at half an hour, every half hour, like a security guard on a night shift, (laughs) checked his watch and then just said, right, I'm going on me like manoeuvres. And he just did one circle of the statue. Yeah. Uh, just to check all angles and then stopped again. What he should have done was to stand and just shuffle gently sideways in a 360-degree circle around the statue at all times. And yeah. then he would have been covered the whole time. And it also would have kept him agile, because standing still for all that time is not good. <laughs> Your joints could uh, seize joints. up in the cold. I Your mean, joints. you know, if Millwall are as wily as he imagines them to be, then he should have legislated for them coming up behind him. You're right. But, you know, but, you know, who his, knows what goes presence, through these people's minds? His, exactly. His presence worked and the statue mm. remains intact. And that's the main thing. Um, well, that's Millwall out the way. Yeah. Let's move on to Tony Adams, who's been, who's been inexplicably appointed president of Rugby League this week. Have <laughs> you seen that? Has. Well, of course what, he has. what better choice? For this, this northern-based 
sport, which isn't the yeah, sport. Yeah, Shakespearean quoting former piano playing yeah. sober. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's hard to know what they'll make of him up there in like the likes of the Heartlands of rugby league, Wigan. Halifax, Wigan, <laughs> Bradford. You what? <laughs> you what, <know>. mate? <laughs> What you that long coat on for? <laughs> <laughs> what you playing the piano for? What you got your glasses on your head for? Put them on your face. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's gonna last. What you reckon? Five months? It, it'll end in yeah, it'll end in disaster. Poor old Tony Adams. <laughs> People, is you know the world. The world's just not ready for Tony Adams 2.0. That's the no, problem he's had ever since. He, no. the, the really sad thing for Tony Adams and society is that original Tony Adams, yeah. where he was just a mad alcoholic, Charlie addict, drink what driving, perfect for the job, violent madman. <laughs> not just perfect for that job, but perfect for life, survival in Britain in yeah. the 21st century, right? Yeah. And... Tony Adams 2.0, where he's conquered all of those demons and become a thoughtful, reflective, philosophical and peaceful man, he cannot fucking catch a break. Can't get a because job people anyway, can are suspicious of him. They mistrust. <laughs> uh, ultimately, they mistrust a man like that. People like right? us. <laughs> yeah. They just fucking... You mistrust a man like that. It's like, you know, you fucking... He, you have to... He carries on being a, a madman... And people will trust him and they'll like him. If he yeah. tries to be a little bit better than that, in this country, no. No. He's, sorry, mate. We don't trust you. You're a cunt. We think you're a bit snobby. You're judging you're us. Chancer. You're a fucking weirdo. You could be a nonce for all we know. No, sorry. <laughs> he says he says he's going to use the new rule to raise the profile of mental health, wellness and resilience for That's... players and for everyone in rugby league. Oh, man. <laughs> hey, That's not a rugby league. <laughs> Wellness. Yeah. Wells? We ain't got wells at the pitches. We'll keep, They're a bit we'll muddy keep, sometimes, but there's no wells. We'll keep a close eye on that. I think we should. Yeah. Have you ever been to the rugby league? Nah. Nah, no, no, I don't see the point in it. I, I'd sooner go to rugby league than rugby union, though, like they have down here. I'd rather go to cockfighting. Yeah, oh yeah, any day of the week. <laughs> Looking forward to our uh, cockfighting podcast offshoot coming up in the new year. <laughs> <laughs> Top flight cock machine. <laughs> <laughs> that could cover so many bases. Yeah. Look Shall we um, look at the, the weekend's football that's coming Let's up? Let's plunge into it. Before my voice packs up completely. Mm. Uh, as we know, results bot, I don't know what happened at the weekend. Like, he must have had some kind of prediction software installed because he's now five points ahead of me, eight points ahead of you. So um, all we could do is just do our best and try and outsmart him this weekend. We'll I'm taking st- each prediction as it comes. <laughs> we are not even halfway through the season. I will have this cunt wrapped up by March. <laughs> 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 let's start with uh, Manchester City versus Everton, which let's hope is not going to be a 1-0 home win. It's going to be a home win, I think, that one, It'll isn't it? It'll be a home win, but I see that as more being a 2-0 type situation. You're going for a 2-0. I think I'll say a 3-1 okay. for that one. So there's, that's a guaranteed at least one point for result spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll move on to Huddersfield versus Newcastle. 
yeah. Huddersfield need the points. Newcastle are smarting after being beaten at home by Wolves in the last minute, last weekend. You know what? I think- I, if, I, if I may go first before I change my mind. Please I've got, do. I've got to outsmart results, but. Mm-hmm. So I've got to go away win with this, and I'm going to say 1-2 Newcastle. 1-2 to Newcastle. I think this is going to be a, a horrific little draw in the freezing cold of Huddersfield, of, of rugby league land. Mm. Um, moving away from the, the, the misery of rugby league and down to the exotic gay lifestyle of Brighton, yeah. who <laughs> take on Chelsea at the weekend. Um, I'll go first on this one. Go on. Brighton, Chelsea. I think this is going to be a rudimentary 2-0 win for Chelsea. Mm. Quite straightforward. Yeah, good one for us to take points off of results, but so I'm going to mirror you here in a <laughs> mind game. Nil That's all right with me. Yep. Perhaps like some kind of um, opposition coalition against Brexit, we need to yep. join forces. Yeah, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yeah, exactly. I'm not sure what that means, but yes. So you'd yeah. say 2-0 as well. And then finally, uh, oh no, not finally. I mean, if we've done, we've done three. On the fourth one, Southampton versus Arsenal, which is on Sunday as well. Southampton, Arsenal has got to be Southampton, nil, Arsenal, three. Southampton, nil, Arsenal, three. I've just been reading about the new Southampton manager, um, knows his onions does he, he Ra- Ralph Ralph Hasenhutl ah, I've been reading a little Ralph. piece a re- reading a little piece about him which obviously was written by uh, your man uh, Rafa Honigstein oh yeah, because non-Germans are not allowed to comment on German, German football German stuff uh, rightly so we get the we get the <laughs> get the foreign correspondents in because they've got added insight and he's been saying about him a little bit like Tony Adams Hassan Hortel uh, likes to play the piano, and Ooh. he particularly enjoys Chopin. And oh, he also of likes he does. He also likes mountain biking. And, hell, um, I don't trust it. See, see what I mean? Instinctively, I don't trust him. Piano yeah. or mountain biking? No thanks. Not not um, not at my club. <laughs> Do you know what Hassan Hortel uh, translates as? What? Robert Hutch. <laughs> Ralph Rabbit Hutch. Ralph Rabbit Hutch. I used to have that on the PS2. <laughs> <laughs> no, Southampton, you're going down. I will tell you now. Let the record show that I, Sam Delaney, have stated here on the 14th of December 2018 that Southampton will be relegated because they have accidentally appointed a piano-playing, mountain-biking <laughs> German by the name of Ralph Rabbit Hutch. This is the Premier League, you pricks. This is the most unforgiving football competition, perhaps sporting competition, in the entire world. You cannot dick about. You cannot be playing games. You cannot be t- carrying out experiments in the middle of fucking winter, right, when you're already <laughs> in lives. the mire. This is a time for Sam Allardyce or David Moyes. This yeah. is not a time to hire someone called Ralph Rabbit Hutch, who no fuck has ever heard of before, and who spends his spare time playing Chopin on the piano and dicking around on a fucking mountain bike. Probably do not fucking, even up mountains. Do fucking wheelies. Yeah, exactly. He'll stick to the trail, won't he? Stick yeah. to the pre-assigned trail. He's, uh, yeah, they've basically gone for a pound shop clop there, and it's going to backfire on them Budget horribly. Clop, yeah. I'm going to go 5-0 Arsenal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because even if this guy is good, which is unlikely with a name like yeah. Rabbit Hutch, 
But even if he is, it always takes a while for them to settle in. It's like tree face, man. Um, Our manager, Pellegrini. The tree-faced man had a terrible start and he had experience in the Premier League, but he had to sort of get... He had to get his... um, What do they say? I have to get my philosophy across to the players. Yeah. Install my philosophy. It's going to take a while for me to install my my philosophy and (laughs) shape this project in the way that I want it to be shaped, which, incidentally, is in the shape of a cuboid. (laughs) <laughs> a rhombus <laughs> yes and my philosophy is based mainly on the french philosopher descartes thinking yeah. about what it means to be to be what it means to be this is what i tried to communicate to the lads like your robert Stodgrasses of this world <laughs> and your mark nobles in the dressing ground before each game and it's really starting to pay dividends because when they received the ball during the game I can see them contemplating um, the notion that we may not actually be existing in the way that we understand it to be in a material sense we might just be for instance the part of a greater being's imagination yeah Maybe I am not indeed Pellegrini. Maybe Pellegrini is a larger being. And I and West Ham United exist only as a speck yes. on the collar of his jacket. We Precisely. cannot be sure. We this must is approach the sort it of in shit this way. It, you know, admittedly, when he first turned up in Essex and started telling the lads that, a lot of them were sceptical because yeah. they, were, they were used to Moisey telling them, you know, like, basically keep it tight at the back and yeah. try not to lose possession in the final third. But, uh, so they were used to that. So when Pellegrini turned up, quoting all this sorts of nonsense, obviously some of the lads, and out of it was like, fuck this for a game of cards. But now they've started to read up a bit more on all of these sort of French philosophers, the existentialists, for example. And uh, now it's really made them see the light of day. Anyway, talking of uh, Robert Snodgrass, (laughs) he's my favourite player. Because, first of all, he looks like a sort of a troll from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's like, he, he just doesn't, he looks weird, right? <laughs> he's like an old-fashioned man who walks with his hands right out the side of his, uh, of his body, right? Yeah. Um, he's got a weird sort of, like, patchy beard. He's, he's peculiar looking. I imagine his feet are like size 15s with long curly toenails that curl right round like mm. a troll. He looks like a troll man. Yeah. And um he went he came he arrived at West Ham. He didn't he had to he had the unenviable task of replacing Dimitri Payet, right? Someone who's, had to. who's the best footballer I've ever seen. Right? Yeah. Um and they bought him and they labelled him as the replacement for Payet, which they shouldn't have done. It didn't work out. And even Karen Brady off of The Apprentice started <laughs> slagging him off in her son column. Went, wow, we signed that Robert Snodgrass and he was shit. Right? <laughs> because that's how our club is run. So we've passed him off to Villa. He had a brilliant season on loan at Villa. He came back and the tree man thought, do you know what? I quite like this strange troll from a place called Scotland. That yeah. Scotland that I have not heard of before. <laughs> which he imagines to be like the Shire in Lord of the Rings. And uh, he got him from his cave where he lives in Scotland, and mm-hmm. he's become West Ham's best player. So in amidst yeah. all of these multi-million pound signings, you know, Felipe Anderson and Diop and Chikorito and Anatovic, this yeah. strange little Scotsman who, on the face of it, doesn't have much going for him in his footballing life or personal life, 
has just thrown everything into the opportunity that the tree-faced man has given him. And he's and he's and he's become like a fan favourite, and he's and he's scoring worldies, uh, and I and I really love the guy, and I think he's a good throwback sort of footballer. Well, you know, like when we did our review of the shoot annual, he mm. looks like he's straight off one of those pages. He's from, from the seventies or eighties. Yeah. He doesn't look healthy like yeah. an old-fashioned footballer. He doesn't look like a, he doesn't look like an athlete at all. No, he looks like he's never eaten fruit. It's got it's got the makings of a, um, a hit film. Actually, you've got the tree yeah. man existing yeah. in the wilds as a tree, yeah. and then Snodgrass comes across him one day while he's out. I don't know, trying to um, slaughter some fucking pigs or something for his dinner. <laughs> yeah. And then the tree man speaks chased to by him. the sheriff's men who yeah. know that he's been poaching in the woodlands. And the tree man speaks to him. He's almost yeah. like the stag man from yeah, Robin Hood. It's, it's, like it's, it's really that, like Robin it? Sherwood. Like yo. Yeah. Yo, man, troll man. Oh, who was that? Who was that? Who was that? It is I, the tree man. Is that a fucking tree talking it's to a me? Talking tree? Shut! Shake the bed. <laughs> I see a golden future for you within my football project. Come with me. How can I come with you? Yes, tree. You can't fucking move. Okay, well, go to um, Stratford. In Londinium. <laughs> yeah. And seek your fortune. It is. We could write a film, a, a screenplay, or a, t- a Netflix series about this. Make a note sure of it on our list of Sam and Andy's TV show ideas. One of our many, many future projects. Yeah. Jalapeño. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Jalapeño. We've got one more match to predict. Oh, yeah. And that, of course, is the big one. Liverpool versus Manchester United on Sunday afternoon. What a Um, fixture. What a fixture. But um, I'm thinking this one is going to be a nil-nil. Mm. I think there will be a surprise in this. Uh, you know, a nil-nil would be mm. a surprise. A one nil the Man United would be a surprise as it, well, wouldn't that it? That would be a big surprise. I don't know, though. It's got you thinking. It's got me thinking, and I can't go for a home win. And result spot is already inside your head. Yeah. Let's face it. I am inside your brain. Uh, I would say, I'm going to say 1-0. One, 1-1. One, one. Okay. Put that down. And of course, the highlight of that isn't going to be the football. It's going to be Sky Sports coverage of it because mm. Roy Keane and Graham Souness are joining forces on the analysis panel. For Do that you for think Sunday. that we played a role in this booking? I think it's almost certainly a response to our 
our coverage of Keenan Sooness over the, the, the recent I months. I can't remember them ever appearing together before, and I'm sure I'd be corrected on that. But it's yeah. certainly something that we have talked specifically about in the past, because, of course, we yeah. had an idea of them driving around the country Solving or around Italy. Solving crimes, I think, wasn't it? Solving crimes. And we talked about lots of... Do- I mean, we have definitely said before, oh, wouldn't it be great just to have them in the studio together? And I think we said, well, it won't happen because one's Sky and the other one's ITV. But... Roy Keane, as we have learnt from reading the second half, is actually a freelance gun for hire when it comes to punditry. So someone over at Sky Sports has been listening to this and we gave him the idea. We're not saying we want money for this, but Mm. if we did, it is Christmas, if we received something, that would be a nice gesture. Yeah. And And if it turns out as well as we all hope it will do, then obviously it needs to be expanded out. Well, into we're going a to be broader fully, series. We're going to be fully analysing it in our episode at the start of next week, aren't we? We're going to be doing a deep dive into the the Keen we versus special, as, as soon as this news broke yesterday afternoon, we were in touch with each other, making special production arrangements for yeah. Top Flight Time Machine, weren't we? Yeah, we've got new software and everything, uh, new analysis, new, new headphones, techniques. new microphones. Yeah, all of that. <laughs> so as a result, it might not be out until Tuesday morning because it's going to take so long. Yeah, to because we're going to have footage. to do a. We're going to have to do an ordinary look back in which we look at all the games, but then we're going to have to extend our production and, and recording yeah. schedule in order to get a full analysis in, because I expect to be quite detailed. I Someone on Twitter said that the first game of the day on Super Sunday is Rangers-Celtic. Oh, is that on as well? Right, if that'll that's be like lunchtime. And they have them on for both. Can you imagine? Rangers-Celtic, nah, then Liverpool-Manchester nah, United. They might have the, to end... They, they might have, have to end on. the football season. They normally have the Scottish the is normally a separate. The Scottish is a separate coverage from a different. Well, that would be a the, mistake. Far be it from be. me to tell Sky yeah. Sports how to do their job. But if you've got Keane and Sooners together on the day of the Old Firm Derby, give the people what they want. Point a camera at them watching it. I mean, I imagine that as part of their remit, they'll do some kind of look back at it all, but they won't be doing the whole the whole game. Unfortunately, you can only get so much out of them. A lot of people on Twitter already asking who we think would win in a fight. I don't think it's going to come to a fight, and nor do I want it to. That said, a couple of people have said, and I I agree, is that the the, the key difference between the two men is that Sunes has a calmness about him, Mm. and therefore a clarity of thought, and you would imagine a sort of a a calculated approach to conflict, whereas there is too much fire and passion in Kino. Isn't there? Yeah. Like Keno will be will lose it quicker. <coughs> Sunes knows that he he loses out in the physicality sticks. Yeah, because but he's like the older man. He, Plus, he's had a heart attack, hasn't he? Yeah. So, as you know, you've just said he'd have to make up for it with wiliness, mm. brain over brawn. He'd be like, "Why, why, are you, why are you shouting, Roy? I'm not shouting. I'm perfectly calm. I'm not shouting. You want to watch yourself, mate? Because you've got a heart. You've got a dicky ticker as it is." It's, it's fine. I don't know why you're getting so upset. It'll be one of those, won't it? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, there'll be like a rabbit punch from nowhere. Yeah. Someone and on ki- Twitter has compared him to a sort of Jack Reacher yeah. type character. You know, like someone who'll just do it really, really clinically mm-hmm. without without any fuss. Dispassionately. You might not even mention... You might like, yeah, this is Matt on Twitter. He said, I think Sunes would dispatch him with quite the efficient menace akin to Jack Reacher. I and can see just, that. And as Kane's lying prone on the ground, Sunes will just stand over him and go, aye, that was good. 
That was good. You're a good man, right? I respect you. You gave it your best effort. <laughs> you gave it your best effort, but in the end, I had to finish you. This is it! In the last episode we did, uh, last Monday, we asked for some tales of bullshit. Mm-hmm from uh, our listeners and we've got quite a few in so I'm going to run some of these by okay. you Sam see what you Great. think some of them uh, have been submitted anonymously because the people still interact with the bullshitters on a day to day basis and right. don't want to be to be outed well, and you I've, think people have learnt the le- my lesson of not yeah, naming people very possibly mm. Barbara's going to name them anyway um, here's the first one Craig Richmond says we had a kid at school who claimed his dad had died on the Titanic I am 43 <laughs> 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 then we've got another one Sean Dillon had a mate at school who claimed his dad brought him a sword back from Japan when they tested it by having a fight in his front room he accidentally cut his sofa in half <laughs> Shoo, straight down the middle uh, Mickey Clark says I used to play poker a lot in college with pals and the number one Billy Bullshitter of our group once claimed he was dealt a royal flush and then in brackets Mickey says 649,740 to one chance <laughs> and he says he was dealt a royal flush but he lost the hand which is impossible and he said the reason he lost was there was a magician at the table <laughs> um, and finally for now because we're going to get more of these this is going to be regular finally Jim McSkimming says I worked with a liar who told us he used to scuba dive he said he was diving in Loch Lomond and came across a Land Rover on the bottom of the lock the key was in it, he turned it, and it started and he drove out of the lock. Yeah, I read that one. That's great. <laughs> Absolutely great. Uh, I've Fantastic. got one. I've got a historical lie. I told yeah. you the one about Dave the liar claiming mm-hmm. that he murdered a, a homeless person on his on he a did. first date. On a date, yeah. And then I remember the other greatest liar of my youth was a lad who lived two doors down from me. Right. Um, let's think of a name for him because I don't want to name him for real. Let's call him uh, Alan. John. Uh, what did you say? Alan. Alan. All right, yeah, Alan's better. So they were a single-parent family. They lived two doors down from us. He had quite a few siblings. His name was Alan. Oh, that's what I'm calling him here. Alan. And what mine and Alan's favourite thing to do of an evening after school, he went for a different school to me, but he'd knock round, round about tea time, and he'd say, you're coming out digging. And I'd go, yeah, yeah all right. And I'd come out digging. And what we would do is... We, we the houses where my mum lives it, are right next to the motorway, right next to the A four. So they sit perched on the A four, yeah. right. So it's very fumy. But this was the eighties, where we weren't aware of the dangers of lead poisoning in the brain, right? Right. So we would, my mum would let me out the front to dig, and you know when you see by the side of dual carriageways, there are sometimes just like patches of like um, flower beds or 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 dirt or whatever you know municipal areas so we had one of those and we were allowed to go out with dessert spoons that we would take from our mum's kitchen drawers and just dig holes next to the motorway and we would just dig we would just dig and dig and dig and dig and what we said was was that we would if anyone asked us what we were digging and really to be honest it's a philosophical question digging is digging we were just digging it was something to do. It was cathartic for us. Yeah. We would sit, we would inhale those lovely car and lorry fumes, Ooh. and we would just di- and we would just talk. Or sometimes we wouldn't talk, Andy. We would just sit there in silence, digging. It was and there was the almost digging. like 
a non-verbal communication between the yeah. two of us that seemed to say, it's all right, mate. It's all right. Everything's going to be okay. Yeah. Whatever. So we dig, dig, dig. But if anyone did ask, or we asked each other, why are we digging? We would claim that we were digging a tunnel to Disneyland. Obviously. Uh, and we would eventually, once the tunnel was complete, we would put some sort of railroad into it. And yeah. we would just made simply... From, made from forks. Yeah, and we would simply go out our front door whenever we chose and travel. I can't remember what speed we said it would be possible to travel through this spoon-dug hole, but we'd travel to Disneyland whenever we chose. Anyway, that was our thing. And in many ways, that's a lie in itself, because we were lying to ourselves and to anyone who asked. But the key lie, and he told all sorts of lies, this guy, but the one that I always remember fondly was that I didn't see him for a week or so. He wasn't knocking around for digging. So then he came back on the scene and he went, you know, when you're kids, you don't really ask each other. You don't ask after each other's lives much, do you? No, you just assume you just, that you're, just, you're always there. Like, if, yeah, yeah, exactly. But if, even if a friend, like when you're about nine or eight or whatever, yeah. seven, if your mate just dropped dead and never showed up again, I know it's an awful thing to say, but in a way you wouldn't notice. Yeah. You'd just carry on doing what you were doing. You might occasionally, that's weird. Where's he? Oh, well, whatever. Right. (laughs) So he disappeared for a couple of weeks. I didn't know whether he was alive or dead. Didn't really occur to me. Didn't really care. Then one day he shows up again and we're out front digging with the spoons. (laughs) And he goes, "Uh, I wasn't around last week. And I was like, oh, yeah, I noticed that. And he went, were you? He went, I went, where were you? And he went, "Um, I was actually in America with my dad. My Whoa. dad took me. I feel a bit bad about this because I know we've been working hard on the tunnel, but my Ooh. dad actually took me to Disneyland in America. Whoa. And I went, wow, that's amazing. Now, even at that age, that sounds about eight, I do remember thinking to myself, I'd never met Alan's dad because he didn't live Ooh. with him. I knew he came around, took him out once in a while, once in a blue moon, but I knew that his dad worked in the sewers because he'd boasted <laughs> to me about this before, right? He'd boasted to me about it because he'd gone, yeah, and my dad, right, he works in the sewers. And I go, oh, isn't that horrible? He goes, no, it's bloody brilliant. He takes me down there, right? And once you're underground, there's these big fucking tubes with loads of water gushing out, and he lets me yeah. sit on them. And, and, like, the waves are so big that you get shot around on the end of the, of the like, yeah. the water sprays. But, you know, this that's was... A big, that's a big leap from digging, isn't it? Yeah, but, I mean, he's talking about sewage. And yeah, but, you know... He was boasting to me about the fact that he rode on a tidal wave of feces yeah but it still sounds good yeah it did i I admit at the time i mean now i'm looking back from the perspective of a 43 year old father and thinking that is unsanitary you've got a health and safety perspective now you could have you could have got all sorts of illnesses from doing that but at the time i did think yeah that sounds awesome you're riding around on these massive powerful jet sprays like a riot hose shit and shit underground with all the rats brilliant but i did think at the time even from Charles' perspective, I'm not sure how his dad has taken him off to Disneyland because that seemed to me the stuff that only millionaires did. Ooh. And I, I thought, working in the sewers can't pay that much, but whatever. And he went, I went, oh, that's amazing. And he went, yeah, he took me there on Concord. And I'm thinking, really? On a sewage worker's wage as well? Hey. Maybe whatever. Who am I to judge, right? Well, there's muck, there's brass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought maybe he's taking backhanders from someone here. I don't know. <laughs> the mayor. Maybe he's in with the mayor. I don't know. 
<laughs> it is corrupt. The sewage business. Perhaps he's been business. collecting money that people have flushed down the toilet because well, that yeah, happens. That's another way. I imagine he could have made extra extra dough on the little side hustle. <laughs> There's all sorts of ways. Actually, I'm reflecting that a sewage man could have been lying in his pockets. <laughs> anyway, he goes, yeah. He goes, uh, were you out here out the front digging last Tuesday? And I went, um, I'm thinking I can't remember, but I just go, yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably. I think so, probably. Balance of probability says you work. Can't, can't imagine what else I would have been doing with time other than digging. It's what I do in my spare time. <laughs> he goes, uh, yeah, I thought you were. Did you notice Concord going over at any about this time last <laughs> yeah. Tuesday? And again, I've just given it, yeah, all right, yeah, I did. And he goes, yeah, that was me on it. I saw you out here digging when I flew over and I was waving to you like mad. <laughs> and I went, yeah. Uh, I, funnily enough, I looked up and I thought I saw someone looking out the window. <laughs> so I was complicit in his lie. Oh, I was man. complicit in his lie. But that's not even the main part of the lie. The main part of the lie is I said, what's it like in Disneyland? He went, it's fucking amazing. The rides are sensational. He went, <laughs> I went on the, f- I said, like what? Tell me about something. He went, well, I went on the fastest big wheel in the world. And I went, that's incredible. How fast was it? And he went, put it this way. I was at the top and I gobbed. And on the next time round, it hit me in the face. <laughs> <laughs> and I never forgotten. I was like, "Fucking hell, that is incredible!" Oh, and to a boy that that spent his spare time washing around on on uh, waves of shit underground, <laughs> something <laughs> like that seems like a picnic. You know what, though, Alan was a, a, a sad, sad case in some ways. Although he had oh. obviously led this amazing lifestyle of mm. riding underground on shit flumes. Flying in Concord to Disneyland, going on the world's fastest big wheel. <laughs> he also had a sad life. And he came round to our house once, and we were having some sort of tea party. Mm. And he, 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 they were quite, I think, they, I don't know, I don't think he had many luxuries at home, put it that way. And he came round, and my mum had laid on tea. And me and my, bro- my older brothers were there, and I can't remember who else. And she had laid on a couple of boxes of Mr. Kipling's, right? Mm. And he's come in and his eyes have practically popped out of his head because there's a box of French fancies. Yeah. And he's gone, ah, French fancies. Oh, my God. That's amazing. They're my favourite things. And you got the impression this is a kid who's maybe had French fancies once or twice, but mm. never thought he'd have another opportunity. Yeah. And my brother, my oldest brother, right, and I always remind him of this all the time. <laughs> he's just to amuse himself. He's gone. Oh, you like French fancies, do you? Now, my oldest brother loves French fancies too. Well, who doesn't? They're his, they're his favourite, Mr. Kipling's. He's going, like French fancies, do you, Alan? And Alan's going, whoa, yeah, do I? Oh, they're my absolute favourite things. <laughs> and he goes, tell me, Alan, what's your favourite French fancy colour? And he goes, oh, definitely the pink. Okay. And my brother went, As yeah, everyone. <laughs> they're my favourites too. And he, you know you get, I think you get, Two each of each colour in a Mr. Kipling, don't you? Yeah. So you get two pink, two yellow, two brown. Yeah. In front of Darren, and remember oh, he's like no. ten years older than Darren, so you can't oh. do anything about it. He picked up both pink French fancies and oh. put them both whole oh. in his mouth at once. Man. Then ate them, swallowed them, and then went, What's your second favourite? And he went, <laughs> Probably the chocolate ones. <laughs> Yeah, and he picked up well. both chocolate ones and did that. And then Alan just stood there and his eyes were starting to well up and he went 
do you like the yellow ones? He goes, yeah, they're not my favourite, but I'd still eat them. And he did both yellow ones as well. Not the dear pal. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be no French fancies for you today. <laughs> now take your spoon and get back out on that tunnel. <laughs> but, but, There's you no know, time he... to be sitting around here drinking tea and eating cakes when you could be building that fucking tunnel to Disneyland. But Alan, Alan's dad's a millionaire, isn't he, from the, the sewage, so he can easily afford more fringe fancies. <laughs> or scoops them up that have been flushed down the toilet and take them home for him. <laughs> He's been flushing French fancies out of the toilet. The really your rich brother. folk. Probably the mayor. Probably your the mayor brother. or someone else Prove really a point privileged. To someone. Yeah. <laughs> right, that's all we've got time for, I'm afraid, Sam. Because <laughs> oh, I've got to go and get a new tyre fitted. Have you? Um, yeah. What, is your one burst or has it just got bald? Nah, it's just gone bald a bit. Yeah. Got me MOT soon. Uh, right, okay, that's it from now. We'll be back at the start of next week with a new episode and some kind of keen sooners deep dive. Mm. Um, enjoy your weekend, everyone. And you, yeah. Sam. Have a lovely one. Goodbye, everyone. Bye-bye. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.